Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the burner, less lethal pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free. Let me give you our number. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you can be a part of the program, don't forget the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is going to join us on Hannity tonight. A lot to talk about regarding him as new Speaker. Here he is yesterday talking about how the people's house is back in business. It's the beauty of America that allows them earlier today. For country. It's the beauty of America that allows a, a firefighter's kid like me to come here and serve in this sacred chamber where great men and women have served before all of us and strive together to build and then preserve what Lincoln did refer to as the last best hope of man on earth. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it, and to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. When our people are losing their faith in government, when, when, when they're losing sight of the principles that made us the greatest nation in the history of the world. I think we gotta be mindful of that. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight uh, vigorously over our core principles because they're at odds a lot of times now in this modern era. We have to sacrifice sometimes our preferences because that's what's necessary in a legislative body. But we will defend our core principles to the end. We want our allies around the world to know that this body of lawmakers is reporting again to our duty stations. Let the enemies of freedom around the world hear us loud and clear. The People's House is back in business. 
Well, I'm glad they're back in business. You know, one thing I didn't do like so many other people, I didn't I didn't go, oh, the earth is falling. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I knew eventually they'd get there. They had to. Uh, I think it was the process was unnecessary. I don't like this rule where any one member can stop, you know, all work in the House of Representatives and, and move forward with the motion to vacate. And when you have a small majority, I keep telling Republicans, nobody listens to me, but I tell them. You're going to win together or you're going to lose together. There's not going to be some winners and some losers. No, either the American people deem your leadership as successful or they view it as a failure. That's how it's going to be. Now, maybe they'll get a a C instead of an F. I don't know. But the bottom line is whatever grade they get, they'll get it together. Anyway, our friend uh, Congressman Byron Donalds is back on from Florida, uh, who at one point late in the game became a potential speaker himself, uh, which I would have been absolutely excited over uh how are you mr donald sir doing good sean how are you uh i think you would have been a great speaker um but uh how did that process work out in your head how did you how did you like being part of that mess <laughs> i mean look, i don't view it that way i view it as just trying to be a part of the solution you know we listen we obviously kevin mccarthy got vacated um steve scalise didn't have the votes jim jordan uh, didn't have the votes Tom Emmer didn't have the votes. And, and so, you know, at that point, I think when Jim uh, realized he didn't have the votes and he left, I decided uh, with my, you know, my team and my family to take a run at it, to take a shot at it. And it really was really about just getting the House uh, back to work, getting us organized, and then figuring out strategically how we're going to get our border secured, um, which we know the White House doesn't want to do, and we know Senate Democrats don't, don't want to do, but we have to find a way to make it happen nonetheless. Um, but look, Mike Johnson is going to be a great speaker of the House. Uh, Mike and I, uh, we've known each other for the past year, um, got a chance to know him more through this Congress. And Sean, I'm going to tell you, the man is a man, of, he's a man of deep faith, everybody knows that, of impeccable character. And I think that right now with where the House is, there's a lot of trust that has to be rebuilt between the members, and I think that the Speaker's going to be able to do that. Now you see all the attacks coming his way. Um, I'll see him tonight. Uh, I've got to believe he's got to know that this is coming. Um, uh, what do you make of, well, you said this 20 years ago about gay marriage and, and everything else in between. What, are your, what, what would your advice be to him in terms of how to handle that? My advice would be, listen, you said what you said. You own it. Um, but that's not what matters to the American people. Pulling up clips of something he said in an interview two decades ago has nothing to do with the price of food and the price of gas in the United States. It has nothing to do with the fact that almost 200,000 Americans have been killed by fentanyl overdoses because of Joe Biden's reckless policy. It has nothing to do with the fact that Joe Biden, under his watch, we have now evacuated five U.S. embassies around the globe, and our greatest ally in the region is under attack by the Iranian-backed Hamas. That's got nothing to do with it. And so I would say, yeah, I said that, but the only people bringing that up are the Democrats who are trying to cover for the fact that they have run a terrible set of policies, which is hurting every American and is hurting us across the globe. Well, that's a great answer. I, I, I hope he's listening to the show. I'd take that verbatim and say, uh, Byron Donalds gave me some good advice today. <laughs> um, you know, I guess what frustrated me, and I, I, I do understand the, the, quote, group of eight that wanted to vacate Kevin McCarthy, and they were specifically, you know, annoyed at the budget agreement that he had made, I believe it was back in May, 
And they didn't want that to happen this time. And they wanted a return to regular order, which I'm a supporter of, which means you go through the appropriations process. You get it done and get it done on time. Uh, The House had only completed four of the 12 appropriations bills. However, there was a bridge that was built by you and Congressman Chip Roy, who's going to join us later in the program also today, that I thought was a, a really, really smart solution. And the first part of it was, and the first, it was one of two solutions you brought forward, was an 8% across-the-board cut, with exceptions for the military, veterans, etc., increasing funding to secure our border. And then you would have given, you know, rather than what we call a clean CR, where they get to continue to spending at the levels that brought us $2 trillion in debt last year. Um, that would have bought enough time to finish the appropriations process. It would have saved money in the meantime. It would have secured our borders in the meantime. And then we could have been at the point where the eight said they wanted to be, which is with the appropriations bills passed. I thought that was a great solution. Why did that not work? Well, uh, two things. One, I think it didn't work because at the end of the day, you know, you had members who said very clearly that they would never support a continuing resolution. We tried to have that debate and they got locked into their position and they weren't willing to, to, to change it. I mean, the other piece is, you know, for them, they didn't trust that uh, Kevin would continue doing the work on the appropriation bills. And they viewed it um, as all you're going to do is set up this this train where we're going to end up in an omnibus package. Now, I disagreed with that because I had been working with the mo- more moderate members in our conference to help them understand what, what was going to be the state of play, what was going to be the workflow we were going to need to do in order to avoid an omnibus. Because I'm not supporting an omnibus bill, Sean. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not going to do it. I'm not even going to support minibuses. I'm not going to do that either. If for people listening, a minibus is where they take two or three appropriation bills, they put them together. They call those minibuses up here. So I wouldn't support that either. But there was, but you needed the time in order to complete the work. And so that was really the strategy that we were trying to unfold. I think if we had, if that would have passed, uh, we would have been in a significantly better position against the Senate. Because, Sean, look what's happening now. While we were looking for a speaker, finally we have one in Mike Johnson, but while we were doing that, the Senate has done nothing. They've done no work the last three weeks. They've not moved an appropriations bill. They've not renamed a post office, Sean. The Senate has been doing nothing. So we need to understand very clearly in the House, we got to be supportive of Mike Johnson. We need to stand behind him firmly. We have to come out with our bills, and we have to stand squarely looking at the Senate and say that they need to get back to work because we're not just going to do, in my view, CRs into infinitum. And we're not. We're, you're about to you're about to come up against the deadline. What in about twenty days? Yeah, in about twenty days. That's right. And I think All we right. have an aggressive calendar that's already come out. We can get our work done, but the Senate's got to start working. And so. Is there going to be some resolution that might come forward? Yeah, it's very, very possible. Now, we're going to have to evaluate what that is. I think you have to you have to tactically make a decision on what that looks like, depending on how, more, how much work we can accomplish and how much work the Senate accomplishes over the next 15 days. Well, what if we come up in the next 15 days, 20 days, you know, with another, you know, oh, my God, the sky is falling, the government's about to shut down. Uh, if we don't pass a CR, do we go back to the Byron Donald's Chip Roy plan? It's possible, and, I, and honestly, honestly, Sean, I won't really know to probably about ten days out, maybe five days out. But look, we passed. Well, well, do me a favor. The minute you know, will you please call and, t- and tell this audience because we'd like to know too. 
I, I will. But let, let me tell you, Sean, we passed 70% of the funding of the federal government in military uh, construction and veteran affairs, homeland security, state and foreign ops, which, by the way, is, is one of the best state and foreign ops bills that's passed this, the House. They haven't passed one in about a decade. And then uh, the, the Department of Defense Appropriations. That's 70% of the federal government. The Senate hasn't even passed those bills, Sean, not off the Senate floor. We could get that work done over the next 10 days. Then you'll be left with 30% of the government. That's just what I'm saying. Depending on how our workflow goes over the next 10, 10 to 20 days is going to determine a lot of what that package looks like in the end. All right, quick break. More with Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, and we'll get to uh, your calls. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts 
of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we continue now with uh, Republican Congressman Byron Donalds, who's with us. What I want to see unfold is the pressure remo- get removed from your chamber. You guys do your work, then they have to work off what you send them, and then you'll head into conference because they, they they probably will butcher it to death, and, and they'll want to go along probably with Joe Biden and the administration, and, and they'll want to tie all of this into one big omnibus bill, and, and the House... You know, you don't have a big margin. Is the House going to be strong and stand as one and say, no, we're not supporting that? And at that point, let the Democrats shut the government down? Look, my posi- what I've told to some of the my Freedom Caucus uh, members. And, 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 and let me add one thing. Mitch McConnell agreed to these numbers. Yeah, but the Senate's already gone over the numbers. So, like, what, what I, my position now for House members is we have to stand united behind behind Mike Johnson. We have to do that right now. If we do that and start passing our bills, it will be a clear message to the Senate and to the White House that the House is united. We're not playing these games. We're going to cut spending. 
We're going to do it responsibly. And then the last piece of this, Sean, which is the most critical piece, we are going to secure the southern border. The House is basically, we are committed that we can, we're not going to take that supplemental in one package. We're going to split them into pieces. Um, I think you hold Ukraine. You don't move. You don't do anything with that right now. Is the Israel package? Uh, we move that one. Send it back to the Senate. Um, I think we might, could do some disaster recovery stuff with it. Do, do those two things. Send that back to the Senate. And the Senate's going to be like, well, what about Ukraine? And we're going to look at them and say Israel is our greatest ally, not just in the region. They might. They're probably our greatest ally in the world. We're going to take care of our friends first. Let's get that business done. Then when you go, when you go to Ukraine, the Ukraine bill, uh, number is $60 billion. We got to pay for that. Joe Biden has his Green New Deal package that might cost us a trillion or $2 trillion. No, Joe, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You're going to have to pay for Ukraine. We're not going to go to the Treasury markets and borrow more money because it's getting harder for Janet Yellen to, to borrow money anyway. It's getting more expensive for us. We got to realize that and understand that. So you got to pay for this. You can't just go borrow it and send it into Ukraine. But let me be very clear. Our members, the majority of House Republicans, are not interested in more money for Ukraine while the southern border is wide open. If Joe Biden wants to vote for wants Ukrainian aid, then he needs to secure the southern border. It's that simple. He needs to secure the border, get aid to Israel. Are you going to take them all up individually? Yeah, they need to come up individually. Yeah, no, I, tend to, I, I tend to agree with you. Well, that's, how, that's how the Democrats always drop a bunch of slimy stuff into these packages. Like you brought up the aid for Palestinian relief. We all know Hamas is going to take that money and they're going to put it into bullets and they're going to put it into missiles. And the Palestinian people won't see a dime of it. Well, you know that. I know that. Clearly, Joe Biden doesn't know that. And that's become a top priority for him. You know, the one thing that if everybody understood this in the Republican conference um, and they they all embrace the fact that they win or lose together, I, I think you agree with me that there's not going to be some winners and some losers. If if they just did these things, these very simple things that they would be viewed as as successful by the American people and then all the pressure about either shutting down the government or, you know, budget deficits and 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 record debt that would then go the blame would then go to the people that are pushing for it. And to me, that seems like a winning political uh, agenda for the Republicans. I totally agree. And I think, Sean, the, the reason why we can do that is because Joe Biden has no control over the bully pulpit. Like, I've been telling my colleagues this for you know, about six, seven weeks. Joe Biden has no control over the bully pulpit. His team at the White House don't even want him at the microphones. They play the elevator music to get him to stop talking, Sean. That's what's happening with the president. The, our, the, the other countries around the world are just telling the president of the United States, nah, man, I'm good. I'm not coming to meet with you. I'll talk to you later. This has not happened to our country before. So in this period of time where you have a president who is obviously weakened, from the House perspective, from the Republican perspective, this is the time to push hard to actually achieve the outcomes that the American people have been demanding out of this government, frankly, since Joe Biden became president, because the thing has been a disaster since, since he became president. You know, I could see a day where one day I invite you on this program and introduce you as Speaker of the House Byron Donalds. I could see that day. Just saying. Oh, no, that, that those days are gone. It, it is. That day, that, uh, oh, you you passed on that. All right. Uh, anyway, Byron Donalds, appreciate you being with us, my friend. 
bold, inspired solutions for America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. I had 25 now to the top of the hour. Uh, remember, our interview with the new Speaker of the House, uh, Speaker Johnson, will be uh, tonight at 9 exclusively on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Uh, hope you'll be watching. Quick reminder, Michael Lindell, he's always looking for great ways to solve everyday problems. That has been the secret of MyPillow.com success. And anyway, now he's gone into the issue of MyPillow, uh, MyTowels. You go into stores, you know what it's like. You feel a, the soft touch of a brand new towel. You get them home, you use them, and they're not as so- soft as they were. They're not as absorbent as they were. Well, that's not the same with my towels. They actually work. They're soft and absorbent, and they stay that way. And my pillow is kind of excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels for you to try. Now, what makes these towels great is how they're made with a hundred percent long staple. What's called Shorper cotton. Now, this comb ring spun cotton is what makes these towels so absorbent and and softer than every other towel. Right now, you can get a six-piece set of this with this amazing introductory sale. Now, just twenty nine ninety eight. When you go to MyPillow.com, just go to the Sean Hannity Square. They have other deep discounts on other great MyPillow products. And you can get the designer premium line for my towels for 20 bucks more. It's that, it's, it's that simple. In each case, you're saving 50%. Anyway, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Sean Hannity Square, or, or just call 800-919-6090, and uh, guess what? You won't re- regret it. Mention my name, Hannity. All right, let's go to Joe Biden requesting funding. He wants to tie it all together, Ukraine, Israel, the border, and everything in between. Republicans in the House seem pretty set, and I'll know more tonight after I interview the new Speaker of the House. Uh, they would like to vote on these appropriations individually. Anyway, here's Biden requesting more funds. Or I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine. It's a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Help us build a world that is safer, more peaceful, more prosperous for our children and grandchildren. Then we've got Janet, Janet Yellen out there. Did she do, and Linda, am I right? Did I read she did magic mushrooms in China? I, I, I she did not know that, they right? were magic, Sean, okay? It's an honest mistake. Know, it was not, and she kind of liked them, right? She said she likes magic mushrooms. If you were Janet Yellen, I think any sort of excitement would be welcomed. <laughs> okay, there you go. She absolutely is saying the U.S. can finance Israel and Ukraine wars at the same time. Oh, isn't that great, considering she gave us $2 trillion in new debt last year? Here's her. In terms of uh, what this all means, Paul Tudor Jones, the famed investor, was on CNBC this week, and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II, with debt to GDP at 122%. Can, can America, can the West, afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well. Anyway, joining us now with analysis of the economy in general, especially in light of the, the giddy reaction and response to the GDP number today by the, the mob, the media, uh, Steve Moore, economist, author of the bestseller Trumponomics. 
Uh, they're not calling it Bidenomics anymore, although maybe today they will for a couple hours. E.J. Antoni is the research fellow, Regional Economics Center for Data Analysis. Um, okay, everywhere I look, I see nothing but economic hardship and difficulty for people. I see a home building industry that has come to a screeching halt. Sales of pre-existing homes are next to zero. Uh, we have an 8% now average uh, in terms of the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. We have more people defaulting on car loans, and we have 30% credit card charges. And some Americans now, because of Biden inflation, Steve Moore, they're putting bare necessities on their credit cards. Who could pay that kind of debt? Yeah, Sean, great to be with you. And by the way, that's exactly what this new report that just came out today. And by the way, 4.9% growth is a good, strong number. But when you look underneath the numbers, what you find is two things. Number one, government was one of the biggest components of it. Maybe we should call it government uh, domestic product rather than, uh, gov- uh, you know, gross domestic product, because that was the driver. The driver of the growth, and I'm using qu- growth in air quotes, was government spending, trillions of dollars of it, and government debt, trillions of dollars of it. But also consumers went into debt in the last quarter. So consumer spending stayed very high, Sean, but how did they afford to do it? Consumers went further into that, and as you reported, uh, credit card debt now is $1 trillion for the first time ever. This feels like a balloon to me that's about to pop. Okay, let's get your take, EJ. No, Sean, I think what Steve was saying is absolutely correct, and these are the types of reports that, that really show you who are just the talking heads on TV and who are the people who can actually read these numbers and, and figure out what they mean. Steve's absolutely right. The consumer is going into debt and very quickly. In fact, if you look at uh, disposable personal income and you just adjust for inflation, you find that we are now, not only did it drop in the last report, but we are down $1.6 trillion compared to the first quarter of 2021. So all of this additional spending by consumers is a depletion of savings and an increase of debt, and it explains all of the debt figures that you just mentioned, especially that trillion dollars in credit card debt. And and again, Steve's absolutely right on how fast government is growing. In fact, in fact government has actually grown faster than consumer spending in the last five quarters. And it's, it's again, it's driven by debt. Just in, in the first few weeks of, of October alone, the Treasury has borrowed half a trillion dollars. It is going to be a miracle if we only borrow $2 trillion by the time this fiscal year is over. But they added $2 trillion last year. We're at $33.5 trillion in debt. Steve Moore, you know, extrapolate that out with higher interest rates that our government is going to have to pay. And, and I have no confidence in the future of this economy. Now, with inflation uh, likely rearing its ugly head, and one thing I didn't mention is gas prices now, energy prices are soaring once again. Yeah. Uh, I I begin to think, uh-oh, well, uh, it's certainly not showing up in this GDP number today. But with that said, it's going to be showing up soon. And, and that's where I think the bubble effect comes in. And this is going to be a bad one. And you know who agrees with us? <laughs> the American people. Every poll, Sean, that has been done over the last two years, everyone, whether it's a Fox poll, a MSNBC poll, a Gallup poll, everyone shows that Americans feel two things. Number one, 70% of Americans think the economy is headed in the wrong direction, and they're right. And the second thing that that voters are telling us is that their own personal finances are worse off today than they were when Trump was president, just as uh, EJ was saying. 
this is one of the reasons that I feel very strongly about this, Sean. I haven't talked to you about it before, but if they're going to provide, and Biden's, how dare he say, oh, we're just going to spend another $100 billion in all these aid programs. Come on. Does he think that we have completely unlimited federal credit cards? Oh, oh, by the way, just so people understand what Steve's talking about, he's talking about the $100 million he wants to give uh, to the Palestinians, and I can promise you that that money is not going to end up in the hands of the Palestinians, but Hamas that controls Gaza. Well, exactly. And my point is, and I know people have different opinions about whether we should or shouldn't spend this money, but if we do, Sean, I think two conditions need to be attached. Number one, every single penny of that spending should be paid for by cutting other government spending. How about taking out of the $300 billion green energy slush fund? Number two, a condition of all this aid to help you know the Ukrainians and help Israel, let's produce more oil and gas here at home. Well, I think that gets us out of a whole host of problems. To me, E.J. Antony, if I had uh, five minutes to be president one day, which we all know would never happen, but if I had just five minutes, right, the one thing that I – two things I would do immediately is I'd secure our borders and I would have a, a energy-dominant – America will be the most energy-dominant rich country on the face of the earth, and that means mass production of oil, gas, and coal – uh, way beyond energy independence, but energy dominance where we could provide uh, our allies with their needs and make money at the same time and pay down our debt and stop stop robbing from our kids and our grandkids. Oh, Sean, it's such a great point because energy today is not simply an economic issue. It's a national security issue. And this was one of the, the great things that happened during the Trump administration, where we became not just energy independent, but energy dominant, where we actually had an ability to influence energy prices around the world. And that helped keep a lot of bad actors, whether it was Iran or China or Russia or others, it helped keep those countries in check. But today, we have exactly the opposite. We have a strategic petroleum reserve that has basically been drained halfway down so that the- we, are, we have less than 17 days worth of supply i mean this was supposed to be for emergencies and they en- ended up dumping a lot of this this oil in our reserves on the market before the 2022 elections to artificially drive down the price of a gallon of gasoline so people would think oh the gas crisis is over that's not an emergency to me that's politics to me Right. And, and who and who benefited the most from that, besides obviously the Democrats? Uh, it was China, because it turns out that a lot of that oil that we dumped uh, went and ended up getting sold to the Chinese, to the, to the Chinese Communist Party. And so now what are we seeing? Well, now we, we don't have that available for when we have problems like we see today in the Middle East, for when there's unrest around the world and when there are disruptions in oil markets. So now we, we are subject to the whims of all these bad actors around the world. But I do want to say, Sean, you, we actually are seeing some of the current inflation uh, appear in today's report. In fact, the, the price index for GDP, which is a little different than the consumer price index, but that price index actually more than doubled. It went from 1.7% to 3.5%. For, for context, before the, the pandemic, that would be the highest rate since 2007. All right, quick break. More on the economy with Steve Moore, EJ, and Tony straight ahead. We'll also get to your calls next hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, our friend Congressman Chip Roy of Texas will be here. Uh, we'll check in with him. Uh, he worked very closely with Byron Donalds, who we had on earlier uh, in terms of, of how to structure any continuing resolution uh, going forward. So we'll get into that. 
All right, we continue now on the economy with Steve Moore and EJ Antoni. Let me ask you both about interest rates. Because um, I know a lot of people. I was talking to somebody yesterday who works for me. They locked in at a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 2.7%. I don't know what the lowest number was, but 27 is pretty near the low. Steve, is that about right? It's uh, Maybe you got to 2.5? Yeah, that was probably pretty close to the very lowest. Right. Friend locked you know, in at a good time. <laughs> and by the way, okay. it was closing it back then. Right. So now they're, they're looking at the price of a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Um, for them to buy a, a similar house would cost them thousands and thousands of dollars more a month. And and that would also mean, which which means they're kind of locked into where they are, and, and hence that's going to stifle new home construction. That'll end sale of pre-existing homes. No, nobody's going to want to give up their two point seven or three or three five, even four, uh, uh, four point oh, uh, thirty-year interest rate. They're just not going to do it. Fixed rate. They're not going to do it. And as a result of that, what what does that mean? The housing market is dead for how long? And do you think interest rates are still going to go higher? Yeah, I'm really worried about the housing market right now. Uh, you know, we've had a big bull market in housing for sure for the last you know ten years. But right now, you're right. The average uh, mortgage payment when Trump was president for a median home was about $1,700 per month. Now it's $3,500 a month. So, by the way, I don't think that's included in these inflation numbers. It might be. EJ may know the answer to that. But you've got a doubling. And so what that means is that people can are having a much, much harder time affording a house. The, the American dream is your dream of buying a house, and it's out of reach for a lot of people. The mortgage applications... That just uh, the, the, for the past month, according to Bloomberg, the lowest number of new mortgage applications in 15 years. I saw a tweet that you put out on X when in when interest takes over that the U.S. government will start spending more on interest than defense starting this year. I couldn't believe that that graph you put up. It's, it's scary, isn't it? And you don't, you don't get any roads, you don't get hospitals, you don't get schools, you don't get national defense for interest on the debt. You're just paying for your old mistakes. And, 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 and here is Biden saying, hey, let's just go out and borrow another $100 billion. Now, and EJ, you put out a tweet on X. Here's a plain English thread on the latest GDP numbers and why this is totally unsustainable. And yeah, oh, oh yeah, and inflation's not dead. Interpret that for the average person that is struggling to make ends meet, which is the majority of the American people. Well, Sean, what, what a lot of those people who, who are struggling, as you said, to make ends meet, what they're facing right now is something that's just completely unsustainable. They are having to use credit cards in order to buy food, and they're seeing their credit card balances grow, even as those the interest rates on those credit cards hit record highs, and they're getting crushed by financing charges. People literally are taking second or third jobs today to, to, to just to try to make ends meet. We're talking about necessities here. We're not talking about yachts and caviar. So I think the American people are already feeling what this report today shows us, which is that these these economic numbers are simply not sustainable. Now, to, to Steve's uh, uh, question on 
on whether housing is included in these inflation numbers, you know, the, the CPI, the consumer price index, that doesn't look at the cost of owning a home because that's considered an investment. They only look at the cost of renting. Well, guess what? The cost of owning a home today has never been more expensive relative to renting. And so although renting is at a record high, the cost of home ownership is blowing that away. So you are absolutely right that the, the cost here that the American people are facing is far more than what these headline numbers lead us to believe. All right. Appreciate it. I wish I had better news on the economy for this audience. Unfortunately, I do not, but it is what it is. Uh, we appreciate both of you uh, being with us, Steve Moore and EJ Antoni. Appreciate it. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.